Good evening. This is the Bottom Rock Podcast. Today is episode 25, and today I'm going to be talking about Zone 3. I'm going to be exploring a little bit about what Zone 3 does in our body, uh, how we're impacted by moving towards Zone 2 or towards Zone 5 and 4, and then what we can do to maintain our optimal zone three. So zone three is our optimal zone. To give a brief overview, these zones are a concept that I've been creating over the last little while of while working with people and trying to figure out how to communicate to people um, during their challenging times, during times that they're low, during times that they're going through rehab, during times that they're higher, they're agitated from challenges with work or um, relationships, all kinds of different things like um, post-secondary school exam periods and, and trying to get people back into a neutral mindset, get them focused on where to go and what to do. And the zone concept as I've been talking about in other podcasts, are established to basically see yourself all along the spectrum and and gauge yourself of where am I going today? Am Am I dropping into zone two? Am I going into that kind of sadness place? Or am I getting a little bit more irritable? And what do I need to stay optimal? What do I need to stay in zone three? And so... With the education that I've done, the professional work that I've uh, completed over the last 17 years, working with the body for 22 years, overlapping these different medicines, allopathic medicine, natural medicine, Ayurvedic medicine, uh, performance nutrition, performance exercise, it has given um, a, a pretty robust method uh, to incorporate with these mental health zones. And and you've heard it on a few of the other podcasts, and it's going to continue today. So zone three is optimal. It is where we want to be. We want to be here. It is where we're positive. It's where we have our energy. We can get through those 45-minute HIIT workouts. We can do our weight training. We can do our yoga classes. Uh, we can go into our home, we can deal with our children, we can deal with our spouses, we can go to work, and we can just kind of manage the challenges without getting caught up. And why? Because we're able to stay positive, we're not getting attached to the negative, we're not getting attached into the challenges, and we're able to stay focused. And so what we're able to do here is we're able to keep our cup full. We're able to focus on what we need, and what we want to do for that. And oftentimes when we see people dropping into zone two, they're getting stuck in that negative narrative. Um, They've lost their focus. They're not really sure where to go. They've lost their orientation. It's a bit foggy. There are visualization tactics that can help us do that. And so we want to have some of those abilities while we're on zone three to not get caught up in the weeds. And we don't want to get caught up in the swirling wind of 
of people's drama as we head into zone four. We want to be able to stay attuned to to what we need to support ourselves. And so, just to start with a quote from Hippocrates, before you heal somebody, ask him if he's willing to give up the things that make him sick. That's a great quote because on either side, when we fall off of that zone three, when we fall into the to the low battery, when we go into the high anxiety, we are not willing to give up the things that are making us sick. We're getting caught in the drama. We're getting caught in in the challenges, and we're not focusing on ourselves. And I saw it this week. So this week we were back in family court, and it's been quite interesting because now that COVID is over, we're back inside of the courtroom. There's no more Zoom calls. Um, Anybody who's had to painfully endure family court, um, had to endure civil court, small claims court, what we, what you do when you go to provincial or supreme court is is pretty fascinating. Where you think that you would go and you're one on one with a judge or um, a master. A master is just below a judge in um, in terms of um, their abilities. But they still can set uh, orders, and and they're listening to the evidence from the affidavits, and they're, then they make a decision that impacts your life on what your application to the court is. And you think that there would be a schedule and it would fit, but it's actually not. You you go to the courtroom after you filed your affidavit, and you filed your application. And everybody shows up on a Tuesday or a Wednesday or a Thursday. And it's the first hearing. And so the hearings are just that heard by the master or the judge. And they, after a case conference, whether it's small claims, civil, uh, or family. And then when there's no longer the ability to, to negotiate, the, then the judges are put on uh, into their responsibility and um, they then need to make a decision. And so everybody shows up and you're on a list and you don't know when you're going to be called. You, you sit there and you literally listen to everybody else's files. If they have lawyers, they're going up and presenting their case they're doing their submissions, they're giving their sides, they're giving their claims of ownership over, um, say, a business, or they're giving their claims of challenges with, uh, with family time, and it's pretty wild. And you might go first, you might go 10th, there could be 20 people literally on the list, and you and you sit there, you don't know if you're going to get called that day. And sometimes, if there's too many people on the list, you don't get to be heard by the judge. And you have to wait another week, or another two weeks, or or maybe month or two months, until you can get back into the courtroom, depending on people's schedules. And so, how is this related? Well, because... You can see these people. I'm just going to stick to the family court for now. and But the same thing happens in civil 
when you've got an employee, an employer, people getting stuck in these stories. Whether you're an employee or employer, they were functioning in a system of work. Just like a family, they were functioning. They fell in love, they went on dates, generally happening. Um, they, they got engaged, they got married, uh, they, they grew together, they had in-laws, and then they, something, things started to get sticky, things started to get a little bit kind of bound up, and hurt starts to happen. People don't feel appreciated, people feel undervalued, people feel like they are not loved, they're not respected. And there are so many times during that period of the relationship when communication styles, um, uh, laws of of uh, laws of attraction come in, uh, love languages take effect. There, there's books that are read. There's therapy that's tried. There's things that are threatened. All kinds of things happen when the the core of the relationship and the core of the people are starting to get attached to their stories. And and you can see it just sitting in the back of the core room. And if you ever want you can actually just it's it's a public forum you can just go and sit and listen to be, these people just to get an idea of what happened so people are hurling insults at family members uh, they're saying oftentimes there's a general narrative of uh, that my spouse wasn't uh, had no relationship with their with their parents and um, the children are more bonded with my side, and I, I need more summertime hours, and I, I didn't get enough time at Christmas time, and and I need more makeup time, and and the, they drink too much, and they swear too much, and and they look at at negative things on the computer, and, and they let the children stay up too late, and and they're not delivered to school on time, and and there's. There's just insults and um, defamation stories uh, that are presented to the judge, and they painfully have to sift through all of that. And they're they're trying. Each parent and each uh, individual is trying to leverage time and resources of money of the youth, or in civil court of of the business and. And you can just see these people are just attached to to the trauma of it. And, it. and it drives them, you can see it in their faces, you can see it in their skin, in their hair, in their, in their clothes, in their demeanor, in their language. And the, the lawyers look fairly healthy and happy uh, within reason. Their tones are, are more positive. Um, because they're not stuck in it, but the 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 husbands, the wives, the 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 employees, the employers, they're they're very traumatized and, and they're stuck in this place and they've lost their positivity and they've lost their kind of their way. 
and and I think that's where um, it it is a very clear image watching these people go through their time of of where they're stuck on the spectrum. It's pretty fascinating. And being in Vancouver, we see the downtown east side, and you can see people going, like, living on the street. You can see people going through their rehabilitation and their their addictions, and they're stuck in their storyline. And that was, a, that was a little bit of a longer story to get to that, to that piece of when we're stuck in our story, when we're not willing to give up the things that make us sick, we, we are therefore causing illness in our body and, and we're causing illness in our mind and we're causing illness and, and more challenges, uh, from getting stuck in that mindset. And, and this is where I wanted to then lead into these two individuals that I've known now for about eight years, um, Alex and, and Samson, and there are two incredibly patient, resilient, uh, in naturally, I would say intuitive, they, they probably wouldn't like that, um, individuals, Samson is, is a 17-year-old young man, and these guys, these two individuals, are the epitome of Zone 3. They absolutely, from my awareness, are so natural at giving up what makes them sick. Based off of what these two individuals have gone through. And so, high level... Uh, Alex was married to a woman and she stole Samson when he was about five years old and she, uh, they were together at the time and, uh, the mother took, Alex dropped him off at school and then took him, uh, and during the school, said, oh, he shouldn't have been going to school that day. He, was, he, he has a dentist appointment. Uh, and so she grabbed him from school and then ran into the U.S., fled into the U.S. Alex didn't have any contact for months. Extremely traumatizing to not have access to your child at, at the age of five, not knowing where they are. He was contacted by a family member finally a few months later and and they had to get Samson back into Canada that was, and he was able to stay positive there he stayed healthy uh, he what he has always done is stayed focused he and, and I'll kind of unfold this as we go and so the trauma from that can can be enough to make people extremely negative biased um, cold, cruel, but Alex stayed true to himself, and st he is a larger, jovial, um, Slovakian man who is the, the first Slovak to go at Harvard Law, uh, he has had an incredible career, uh, he's an incredible individual and, and member of the community in North Vancouver,
You often see him in the river. Uh, I, I've done river dips with him in January where the, the river, it, we measured at four degrees Celsius. Uh, he's often moving rocks, uh, setting up slides for the, the neighborhood kids going down the river. They have annual, uh, we actually share a very similar birthday uh, date um, in October. And he gets a lot of people together. It's awesome. Um, sometimes they, they have themes where they just serve meat. They'll get like crocodile meat, um, all kinds of different games, elk, uh, kangaroo. It's just, there's always like a very unique eclectic group and and food that goes with it. It's, it's quite, it's awesome to see and be a part of. And Alex met Tanya, who was an incredible resource of love and support for Alex and Samson. And Tanya uh, worked in landscaping. She had a dog. She she really supported the two and, and basically became Samson's mother because Samson's mother uh, was schizophrenic. And I was there one time when um, it was close to Samson's birthday and she sent him a card and in the card, there was uh, a card that, that had a nice message with it, but it also had an empty gum wrapper, a rusty pin and nail, uh, and a couple other weird items in there um, that just were, were to try to harm Alex in the meantime because the, the guess was that Alex would open up the card to see what it is. Um, and so a lot of strange challenges along the way it took them a number of years to finally uh, finalize the divorce because um, she never ended up coming back to Canada and but the relationship of Alex and Tanya grew um, Tanya was a part of search and rescue um, she volunteered often with, with a number of groups both of them are amazing components of the community in North Vancouver. And then recently, Tanya uh, sadly got uh, breast uh, cancer. And, and last, last year uh, died, uh, which just obviously was devastating for Alex and Samson. And, and over the years, even recently, Alex's brother was murdered um, overseas. Just these two men have gone through massive life changes, uh, challenges and traumas. And then as soon as there's some positivity, um, Alex continues to go to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. He was an author. He wrote a book uh, called The Ugly, uh, became a New York bestseller when it was released. And then... Samson uh, was a part of a CTV or CBC children's um, circus show. He's an, uh, an absolute specimen of, a, of an athlete um, on the trampoline. And then what happened, um, he was at the Canada Games uh, a few months ago. And it, he just, he was in um, uh, Paris in synchronized uh, trampoline and he just lost his line a little bit uh, I think it was the first day 
uh, of the competition, and he tore both quad tendons simultaneously. Both quad tendons, the tendon that goes from your quad muscles, your big thigh leg muscles, these four big powerful leg muscles, the tendon, they go into a tendon over the kneecap. It takes 600 pounds of force for those tendons to be torn. Both of those tore completely. And the quad rolled up in this 17-year-old young man. There were, he was stuck in Nova Scotia. His dad is here in Vancouver trying to find out what's happening. Uh, I tried to help out a little bit. He was able to get back to Vancouver. They, they basically shoved his, his legs down onto a plane, like folded them because uh, they weren't sure if they was completely torn at the time. Uh, it was such a new injury, so, and this kid endured that long flight from from the east coast of Canada all the way to to Vancouver, where he then got pretty uh, surgery pretty quickly, and they had to um, call around different surgeons, orthopedic surgeons, and and sports medicine doctors around the world, and and figure out a protocol for a double quad tendon tear uh, because it's so rare. And uh, now he's only a, a few months out of surgery and he's already walking. He's already um, done a little bit of work back on the trampoline and he's um, doing squats and weightlifting and doing his full rehab. He, he And he's finishing up to put the cherry on top he's finishing up high school he had a double leg cast in a wheelchair and had to go to school and write his calculus exam most kids wouldn't be going anywhere near a calculus exam but this kid knowing that he had to get into university which he's now accepted into university in amsterdam a small um college uh, university there to do a, a a double degree and and he got accepted into that and he, and he passed and he got the the calculus mark with both legs fully straight in a wheelchair and then he was just elected valedictorian for his high school graduation at a private school in uh, West Vancouver these two men are the epitome, the absolute icons of Zone 3. I had the privilege recently of talking directly to Samson. And I asked him, like, how are you doing this? How are you, you you've, you've been to the bottom rock. You've been into places across the country without your parents. Uh, your mother just died. You, like... What what would you say to somebody whose mother just died? What would you say to somebody who went through this injury? What keeps you going and focus? And he said, the only thing I can do is stay positive. There is no other solution in life 
than to stay positive. And Alex is the exact same way. Alex, his father will not talk about mental health. He actually kind of shies away from it. And I know I'm bringing it up on a mental health kind of podcast. And I and I brought it up, the, the zones to him, and I brought up the concept, and we have great conversations. Uh, we, we share research and different things with um, peptides and, and training methods and rehab methods and nutrition methods. Um, and it's fascinating because he's so focused on and physical medicine and physical performance but he doesn't know he is an absolute mentor for uh, for probably many people. And I know I've talked to people who are around him for uh, as a mental health advocate without even knowing it. And he hates talking about mental health. He was actually just featured in a Wall Street Journal article about longevity and how to stay healthy. And he had some insight there into the Wall Street Journal. So it's it's incredible to see these two men go through and what they've always done by like Samson's word and Alex's word is is stayed positive and what that shows me is and why I brought up this quote from Hippocrates is they've always been willing to give up the things that would potentially make them sick they never got caught up that Samson's mother had a had a dis, um, a disease they never sit and ruminate about the murder of his brother or, or Tanya getting cancer. And they never had uh, woe is me moments that lasted very long about the, the death of Tanya or the double quad tenon at his first Canada Games competition. He proudly wears the jacket and he... He is focused on his rehab and going back to the games, and it's it's amazing to see. And that's why I had to share this with you guys, to as a perfect segue of of give up those storylines like family court, civil court, like those things that are challenging. Give up that defamation story that's harming you and harming others, and just keep moving forward. So zone three, a little bit more into zone three, had a, a few good stories there. The of real life of how we can, how it impacts, and how we can kind of check in with ourselves. So we need to stay alert in zone three. We have the energy in zone three to stay alert by removing those storylines that pull us away from the positive. And a couple of things that we can do is. When we start to feel in our body our lateral lines or the outside of our body along kind of like the shin splint, like just on the outside of the knee, below the kneecap, on the outside, that's our lateral line. When we start to maybe um, sprain our ankle and we, we get a little bit more fluid retention, that's when we're starting to, to weave down into zone two. And when we go up a little bit higher, uh, our, our rib cage, our shoulders start to get a little bit too tight. Or the side of our neck, it gets a little bit too tense. That's when we're starting to go off of zone three and into zone four. And we want to take note of that. We want to check 
our sock lines to see if we're if we're getting a little bit more fluid retention. When you take your socks off at the end of the day, are those those tight lines uh, around our lower ankles? That might be an indication that you're going into the stress mode. You're you're activating a little bit more of the fluid retention, um, starting to get into like the saltier foods. Um, that's going to uh, help us manage the stress and, and drop into zone two. Or you're getting like a little bit of those like tension jaw jaw clinching moments where you're like ah my I don't really have a headache but my my head's a little bit tight my my head feels a little bit like there's a vice grip around it and you're going into zone four. That's when we gotta check in with ourselves. How are we going to do that? We're going to and support ourselves in that time to make sure our cup is getting filled and we're not becoming someone we don't want to be at home or at work. Uh, we're going to pick some great music, um, get into some weightlifting, listen to those um, tunes that you like, and, and do something that brings you passion and uh, brings you pleasure so that you can stay in zone three. The muscles will get a little bit tighter uh, in that, that lower body, in that upper body, depending on kind of where you're going with it. Is it more um, t- more aggravating where, where, where you see a challenge that, that you've been struggling with and it's making you a little bit more low? That's what's going to kind of impact the, those ankle sprains, the, the swelling in the feet, or is it something that's kind of irritating you? Is somebody just not giving you the recognition or the credit that you deserve. Uh, are you working a little bit too long, a little bit too hard on a project and you need to take some space and away and, and kind of cool yourself off and do something that, that nourishes your soul? That's going into zone four. And so a couple poses you can do um, that help release um, that for yoga poses like warrior two really helps to stabilize, ground yourself, open up the shoulders, open up the neck, the chest, open up those hips. Uh, some Tai Chi, the, the brush knee or the step forward, kind of similar to the to the Warrior Two, And then um, really uh, get into some solid weightlifting. So uh, just a 45 minutes, I would like to, I would suggest to superset it with um, kind of six exercises, Pretty easy to do, circuit training, squats, push-up, jumping jacks, planks, um, three sets, 10 reps, kind of getting yourself into that 70-80% heart rate zone, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, I wouldn't go too much longer, and then finish up with a downward dog kind of position, two sets, hold it for about 30 seconds, getting that nice full body stretch, especially in the hamstrings and the back. Um, that's where you're bringing your feet kind of towards your your hands when you're planting your hands on the ground uh, and you're stretching that back up. And then um, the last one would be the cobra pose. Uh, you can just Google both of those downward dog or cobra pose. Hold those each for about 30 seconds and that the cobra pose is going to s- stretch out that front of the body and the spine. Uh, opens up the chest, opens up the airway. Great move to to stay there. And then nutritionally, I would suggest the 
something a little bit, if you're going towards the zone two, a little bit more warming. Um, and then if you're going toward zone three, uh, four, get into some of the cooling foods. But basically at that time, you still want to stick to eating the rainbow. You want to um, get some nice berries in there, um, uh, in your snacks, get some uh, good um, omega-3s. Uh, some trout, some mackerel, um, some herring, some nice green, big green leafy vegetables, and and because that's going to give you some selenium and zinc. It's going to help your libido. It's going to help your digestive tract, and it'll keep you in zone three. It's a lot of information, and. Um, I hope you took something from Alex and Samson. I took. I hope you t about staying positive and only choosing positive, even when things are starting to get a little bit agitated or a little bit repetitive. Stay positive. There's only way. Stay off that storyline. Take the the cue from from family court situations where people are stuck in that narrative. So to finish up with that. I want to, I'm putting a challenge with you today. What storyline that's keeping you inhibited or irritated, what storyline are you willing to move beyond? Is it that old relationship? Is it uh, a skill set that, like, I, oh, I'm not a computer person. I don't know how to work computers. I, oh, I'm not a runner. I'm not good with weights. What what storyline are you willing to move beyond? Second, who can you reach out to today and recognize their progress? A little message, an email, a text message. Hey, I'm thinking of you. I, I've noticed that you've, you've progressed really well through this challenge. Uh, I'm proud of you. You're, you're an inspiration. Who can you reach out to to recognize that? And lastly, where can you be more positive? When you get rid of that storyline, where can you be more positive? Can you be more positive with yourself to keep your cup full with your, with your passion? Uh, and where can you be more positive uh, with those and situations around you so that you're not getting stuck in the mud? Thank you. That is the bottom rock.